father's house to my father's house to my father's house come and go with me to my father's house where there's joy peace and love is so far away
Thank you for being so good at that organ. I jumped in here to say it. I couldn't hold it off. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. And this may be the finish-up of Mary Magdalene, the diary of Mary Magdalene. And it's about the Father's house. And there is so much I have on the table here. But I'm going to try to get it all in somehow. God bless you. Open your ears and listen today. You know, let's begin with Job 38. Job 38 is so beautiful. You know, in verse 3 of, of chapter 38, it says, I will demand of thee, answer thou me. I think we have come to a time in this continuum of revelation of God, that God is now demanding an answer. There are many scriptures that give this kind of authority and lay down this kind of a premise. And it is absolutely a sensation of dynamics that God is calling for. And in the book of Job, if you take that a little bit further. One of the things that he demands is verse 4, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Now, this is coming to a point in which God is saying, you know, I want you to answer this and, and I demand it. And I want you to tell me about the foundations of the earth. And I don't know how many people are really too concerned about the foundations of the earth because that's basically, the you know, because they do not know what the foundations of the earth are. Let's go a little further in Job and let's look at verse 33. Now in verse 31, you know, he talks about the Pleiades, the bands of Orion, and um, in 30, you know, and in 32, it, at the bottom of the verse, it talks about Arturus, Arturus with his sons. And then it says, verse 33, the verse I wanted to get to, Knowest thou the ordinance of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Now, God wants us to know something about the foundation of the earth. God is calling us to have an understanding about what that foundation of the earth means. And it has something to do with having the capability, listen to me now, something to do with, with the, having the capability to take the ordinances of heaven and to set the dominion thereof in the earth. There are ordinances in the heavens, ladies and gentlemen. And, and it, is, it is evolved around uh, these three heavenly bodies, the Pleiades, the Orion, and, and Arturus. And of course, Arturus is, is, is interestingly named the way it is because normally Arturus is just a star in a constellation called Buotis. But it's really not talking about the constellation of Buotis, and it's really not talking about 
the star in the fullest sense of Arturus, which is in the constellation of the Buotis. It's really talking about a planet that has the name Artura, which is from the Arturus name. And because of its alignment to that constellation Buotis, because the constellation Buotis is represented by a man who people in the spiritual, uh, in spiritual uh, understanding of astronomy understand that that man is not Hercules, that man is not some other supposed mythological hero, but that man who is called the coming one is being represented in the, in the constellation of Buotis as Jesus Christ, the coming one. And this brightest star that is in Buotis, where this image of the coming one is, is in alignment to the Father's house, which is Artura. And so there's a, a deeper thing there. Can you, can, it says, can you take the ordinances and can, can you set the dominion thereof in the earth? Because why? Because this has to do with the foundations. And that was the question that was asked earlier, you know. Verse 4. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have an understanding. Whereupon, in verse 6, are the foundations thereof fastened? And who laid the cornerstone? We know that the cornerstone is Jesus Christ. And then he gives a hint. He gives a hint of what these foundations were that happened. Verse 7. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. He gives a hint. And then in Isaiah 51.16. It starts often with my favorite way of liking to say this word. With an and which is a synodaki. And which means that it has, it, it means that there is more involved in the, the verse, in, in, in the things that follow this and, uh, in the way of other revelation that is not spoken in the verse, but is indicated and connected to this verse in the fulfillment of all the texts that could be known. And in that verse, which is Isaiah 51, 16, it says, I have put my words into thy mouth. Now, I, I, I know this is me. I don't mean that it's just me. I mean there's, there are prophets, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, who are, are, are servants, and, and he says that he will not do anything, it mentions in Amos, it mentions in Revelations, except that these things are revealed to my servants, the prophets. And even the seven thunders, it says, will be revealed to his servants, the prophets. And so, I know I'm a part of that. I know I'm a part of that revelation because I've received that revelation. And I know that, that when it says, I have put my words into thy mouth, I know that's true. And when it says, I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that, which is a causation, that, this is so beautiful, 
that that the heavens that I might plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. The connection to planting the heavens, the revelation of the universe. When God, when Jesus said, "This this is not my universe," but because of the fall of the angels, I have a job here to do. We still have to bring forth the new creation. This, you know, this is not the universe that I came from, but I have a job here. And the Bible describes that the Savior has a job uh, to to bring salvation uh, not just to the planet Earth, but to the whole universe. And so the the foundations of the of the planet Earth. It's the whole story about the fall of the angels, the, who the mortals are. You know, who are the mortals? You're so interested in them, God says in his word in more than one place, in Psalms and Job. And so the foundations of the earth, to really understand it, is about the ophanims. They're the foundation of the earth. They're the, they're the, the reason that the earth ha- has its uh, position and, and has its um, destiny. It has to do with being able to fulfill a place where there will be people that will come forth uh, that have the potential to become, uh, you know, uh, uh, soul, uh, uh, spirit souls and, and, and be able to, you know, go to the first domain eventually. And they're going to spread out into the heavens because God is going to plant the heavens. And if people don't get this message, if they don't get, you know, the scripture in in the in the book of John uh, that says, um, uh, you know, you you are to go out and to preach this message, this gospel uh, unto the universe, because the word world in the book of John, in fact, all of the words that are used for the word world in the book of John, except one, is, is the word cosmos. It's from the Greek cosmos, which means the order, order of, orderly uh, presence of the stars as a universe. Wow. I know I keep, keep repeating this, but I, I, it's, it's a must. Because people have got to get this message. They've got to understand the foundations. They've got to understand there's an ordinance of the heavens. And, and, and we are to bring this ordinance down and to set it in place on earth. So people can understand the purpose of this earth. It was created to be inhabited. But the first position was to be created to be inhabited, to bring forth new uh, conscious of God spirits that could eventually become sons of God and, and, and enter into the first domain, which is the heaven of heavens. And that's just also beautiful and also wonderful. And there's so much to talk about on this whole thing. We've got to just keep rolling. We absolutely have to just keep rolling. There, there are things about this universe that people just have not understood. You know, um, like even if we were to take Revelations 20.10, and we were to read where it says the devil and, 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 um, and the, deceives, the, the deceived, uh, the devil and the deceived will be cast into the lake of fire. And MIV says, shall be conscious of their sins, not tormented, but conscious of their sins forever and ever. 
Now, most people just read that and say, yeah, that's, that's going to go on. They're going to be tormented forever and ever. And they don't even know what the scripture is saying. It isn't saying anything remotely like that at all. And when it says forever, people don't know what that means. But the Bible does. You, know, you can go to the Strong's Concordance or other concordances and find out that, that when it says forever, it means vanishing point beyond what the mind can comprehend in such a long period of time. But it is a period of time. Forever is a period of time. But it's an incredibly long, extensive period of time because, after all, we, all of us here on this earth, are in star time. Our sun is a star. And for as long as the earth and the moon endure, the Bible says, then we will endure. That's Bible. And so, I'll give you scriptures for that later. And so, as we begin to get into this thing and begin to understand that we've got to bring the ordinance of the heavens into a revelation so that the foundations of this earth and the purpose of this earth, and not only the purpose of its original intent before the fall of the angels, but the purpose of this earth as, as, as uh, what follows up uh, to be the present case of the fallen angels and who they are and who we are and, and how that that has to work itself out and the time that is given for it to work itself out so that the new creation can begin. Because all the people that are here now, their names are already written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Bible says. And they were written before the foundations of the earth. But a new group of people are coming that, that are new creations and their names are not written down in the Lamb's Book of Life because they did not pre-exist this earth. And so there are foundation plans, which are all part of the ordinances of the heavens. And so when it says that the devil that deceived them will be cast into the lake of fire, and forever and ever, when the minute that he throws two, two forevers in there, it changes things. Because one forever represents star time. It represents the life of a, of a star. And, and, and that is a vanishing point beyond what people can really see or imagine in their minds. And then when you throw in another ever, then it means that Lucifer, who's going to be in this, this lake of fire, which is space, is the deep, deep space, that he's not only going to be involved throughout the whole forever time, of this, of this star time that we are in, understanding some, that, that he will be under conquered states, you know, at, at, at some point. Right now, he's in control of this, of this planet. But we have to go on with this because this is important. It means that time is going to go on. The there's going to be people going out into space. They're going to be. They're going to. God says we're going to plant the heavens. We're going to bring this gospel. It is written in the in the Bible. Uh, you know, to the universe, to the cosmos, and that by doing this, guess who's going to be out there also interfering? The Bible says. Satan is going to be in this state forever and ever. That's two star times. So that means besides the star time that is the sun star of the earth, he's going to be involved in another place in another star time. So that there will be 
a forever, a vanishing point, and another vanishing point forever, star time. Someone says, oh, I just can't imagine that. I understand, and that's why we're preaching to you and keep repeating these verses so that you'll be able to see that the shadow of his hand is this revelation in which he says, I, you know, he speaks parables to people because some people are just not ready to understand. But he said to you it was given to know and to, be, be under, to understand this he, as he spoke to his disciples. I want you to understand this. You're supposed to know this. Wow. Are we getting there? Are we getting there, people? Wow. Okay. Now, the seraphims and the cherubims, and more lately, our tertians, patrol the skies, patrol the great vast areas of the universe that is within the percent, the, that is in, within the, uh, uh, vicinity of our galaxy. So they're in the galaxy here, patrolling. What are they patrolling? Well, they're they're making sure that aliens advanced from other creatures and other uh, other kinds of life do not come and invade the Earth. So all these stories that people are feeding you about about the earth being invaded by by uh, aliens from um, you know an, another creation the only way that that would apply is to the creations eventually of satan of his locus mantis people that he creates a part of which are called gog and magog and and he brings them as aliens at some future future point but as far as these any other kind of aliens that someone might say, well, there's this, there's this uh, place in another part of the universe called Hocus Pocus, and there's coming all these aliens from that, and they're going to attack the Earth. Those people that are saying that don't even know what they're talking about. They don't understand the power of the seraphims. They don't understand the power of the cherubims and the vast, uh, advanced capability they have to stop any kind of an invasion to the earth. Because they are intent on seeing to it that this earth plan is, is, is finished. And, and that there arises on this earth, you know, prophets of God and people of God that are going to finish this revelation and are going to bring the understanding of this foundation of the earth uh, to, to its, its point of knowledge. Blessed be the name of God. Wow. Yes, and, the, and, and the, the seraphim and the cherubim, they make regular trips to Artura, the father's house. And, uh, and they go there, uh, you know, for spiritual sharing. And um, the Atursians, they have not yet um, understood the fullest extent and understood in the sense of being ha able to incorporate it, uh, that has to do with the everything of this whole uh, everlasting uh, uh, revelation of physical life and so forth. But they're on the track of it. So as we begin to, to get into this and see by the testimonies of the Bible and, 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 and various writs that everlasting life uh, is something that that 
God made possible by the tree of life in the book of Genesis. What does that have to do with, um, with anything? Well, when you start talking star time, when you start talking, going on and on and on, like, for instance, the people that are, uh, that are living on Artura, they live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Many of them over a thousand years. And, and they're working toward having physical uh, everlasting life even. Uh, uh, and someone says, well, I just don't understand that. Why would they need that? Because, ladies and gentlemen, you know, no one is going to go up in, in, into the first domain, which is the heaven of heavens, until after the end of the universe. And the universe is going to go on for a long, long, long time. So the angels are going to be here working. They've got physical bodies. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis that the gods came down, the Elohim, which is a plural for gods, and, and, and it said us, so it, it verified by the verse contextual, con, contextual layout that, that it was talking of plurality. And it says, let us make man after our image. So they, had physical, they have physical bodies like we do. Wow. All right. Let's keep this whole thing rolling. This is uh, so very, very, very important. So, we talked to you last week about the, um, the Little Dipper and the Big Dipper and uh, some of those, some of that revelation. Uh, you know, we talked about in Isaiah 44, the ancient people. Um, in Isaiah 61, 5, it talks about the strangers. This is all referring to the Artusians. Uh We talked about... Um, Isaiah 67, who are these that fly? And, and just prior to that, the verse uh, 6 of, of Isaiah 60, the house of my glory. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about some very many, many interesting things. And, and, uh, and I, know there, I know that there is confusion out there. Uh, I know that there are people out there teaching strange things. Um, some of them have read my teachings, and uh, they have tried to uh, find a way to contradict it, um, you know, but uh, they're not going to be able to contradict it. They think they are. They think that they've got scriptures they can give to translate to show that it's not the case, and I might be able to have the time to talk about a few of those today, but um, uh, I can't put that first on my list here because, you know, there's just... Uh, just so much, much to cover, but we know that the Arturians are 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 of the of, of the children of the Enoch, uh, sons of Enoch, offspring of Enoch, and they're not of of the Israel or Abraham, and we find that in Isaiah sixty three sixteen. I gave that to you last week, so uh, we're we're, we're uh, fulfilling Second Corinthians eight one uh, to get you into the power that is beyond your power. Blessed be the name of God. It is an exciting time. Now, if we were just to look at the Lord's Prayer, and that would be interesting to get into, where it says, My Father which art in heaven. And, oh, I, I mean, I, I, could, I could preach an hour just on this Lord's Prayer. 
And uh, and uh, another a friend of mine recently wrote me about the revelation that he was finding in the Father's house in Psalms uh, uh, 23. And I shared with him, well, you know, I, that's been translated and uh, and it has a lot of revelation about the Father's house in it. And you're right. And I'm really proud of you that you found that on your own. And uh, I won't have time to get into that today, but perhaps some future time I'll be able to you know, to eventually get into all these uh, uh, MIV scriptures. But the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If it was talking about the heaven, which is the heaven of heavens. Now, there's three meanings of the word heaven. You have the heaven, which represents in the first chapter of Genesis, the atmospheres, the, the sky. Then you have the heavens that are mentioned in, uh, in the Bible, and there's scriptures for this. I don't know if I have time to give it to you. That uh, demonstrate is talking about the space. The space, you know, like out in the cosmos, the universe. So you've got those kind of heavens. Uh, you've, got, you've got the heavens like the firmaments and the atmospheres that are around uh, planets. And, 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 and you've got... Uh, you know, the the heavens uh, are the heaven that represents the space. And then you have the heaven of heavens, which the Bible talks about a separation. And, in, and it talks about ascending uh, beyond all of the heavens. If I have time, I'll give you those scriptures. Uh, and, and so this is the heaven of heavens. So those are the three. So when you are looking at the word heaven, you have to be sure you know what you're talking about. When you are looking at the term world, you have to be sure you know what you're talking about. When you are talking about the word hell, you have to be sure you know what you're, you're talking about. Because a lot of times they'll use a word like the word hell, and you know, there's Gahini, there's Hades, there's upper and lower Hades, uh, you know, uh, there's Tartaru, uh, and, 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 when sometimes when it says hell, it's actually referring to one of those other uh, specific definitions. So we really have to get this down, folks, because if we don't, then you're going to just be uh, deceived by lack of knowledge. And, and so this thing about heaven, knowing what it's talking about when it says heaven, you know, Jesus says, uh, in my father's house are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you. And that's described, you know, as a heaven. But a heaven perfectly fits in to be in the atmosphere uh, of a planet, including its sky. And, and so it incorporates that it is talking about a livable planet because it has an atmosphere. And that's very, very important. Okay, so the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is impossible that the will of God, as it is in the first domain, the heaven of heavens, could ever be actuated on earth. Because that will is totally different. In that will, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of, of, of heaven, which is the first domain, the heaven of heavens. So, for that will to be put in place, there could be no flesh, so you can't exist in your earthly physical body. For that will to be put in place, all this thing about 
how you look at the families and the marriages and all that doesn't exist. In that realm, there's not a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, because they're all one. And Jesus said in the, in the book of the Gospel of John uh, that that is the ultimate, that we all become one, as I am one with the Father. The, the, that is the whole ultimate uh, follow-up of the future forward uh, uh, desire of God. Praise be the name of God. So when it says, it talks about, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we have to understand what it's talking about. Thy kingdom come, there's scripture that talks about this kingdom. And it talks about, about going into the far country in Luke. And that he was, he was getting, you know, going to set up a kingdom. And after he set up his kingdom, he came back. And, and we need to understand what that's about. So when it talks about thy kingdom come, he's talking about he went to this place and set up this kingdom. That was the father's house. And Jesus in his own word says, you know, I'm going away. And where I am, I want you to, I'm going to come back to get you to bring you to be with me. And that's just Bible. That's just plain Bible, you know. And so blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, before we get into all these proofs, I want to treat this next part that I'm going to go over like a um, parable. And the reason I'm, I'm saying that is this is for the sake of those people that would find some of these things hard to digest. Sort of like when Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part in the kingdom of, of heaven or of God. And and so he said, you know, I speak to some in parables, you know, uh, and, and, you know, it's not meant for them to understand everything. But he says, I speak to you and, and, and I interpret it so that you can know these things because it's meant for you to know them. So if you're out there and you're listening uh, to this message uh, and you're listening because you know, you want to know, you have a hunger to know, you have a desire to know, uh, you crave to know this word, and, and you want to be, you know, that mouth that, that is spoke uh, of uh, in Isaiah fifty one sixteen that says, I have put in your mouth, and, and it's the story about planting the heavens, it's the story of the universe, it is the story of the foundations of the earth. Uh, which is about that story of the whole universe, not just the planet Earth. That's just a small uh, uh, fractal of the whole story. <coughs> so I'm tell I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in so we don't end up not getting to this before I do all these other proofs. <coughs> and we're treating it like a, a parable. Uh, and those of you will know, uh, you know, uh, uh, to who it is and, and, and to what it means. Now, what about Artura, the Father's house? Well, it's a planet of waters. Uh, but the Artursians do not call this great and vast, uh, you know, uh, uh, and of deep water deeps, they don't call them seas or oceans. They are called water deeps and bounds so that when they look at the these great vast areas of water they're called bounds and and water deeps and um, uh, there are the eastern western southern and northern bounds of water deeps 
that surge upon the, upon the face of Artura. Now this uh, planet um, has some days that are lit blue, some days that are lit uh, light purple, uh, and uh, and uh, uh, and scarlet, but most of the days are lit a soft yet bright blended orange, uh, an orange of a sort of an orangey gold uh, or an orange of pearl. And uh, that's how the sky looks uh, if you're standing on the planet. And um, now there are people there that are nobles. So we're going to talk about a few of them. There's several nobles. And um, these nobles... Um, are either belong to or are under the authority uh, authority of a synod, and this synod is a group of of ancient and and holy type people that uh, uh, rule and maybe rule is not really the word, but you know they're in a place of authority and and uh, they they are the ones that are in charge of uh, making the decrees of, of uh, uh, actions and, and clarifying things, and they're called the Synod. And um, there are persons uh, by names like Kawa. Uh, Kawa actually is a Bible name, and there's two different spellings of it. Um, and um, uh, as Kawa, there's this person called Kawa, who lived in the crystal Su city, which was suspended in an aura of a sleep consciousness. Um, this exotic city is capsulized in a transparent covering uh, and rests beneath the waters of the eastern bounds that flow uh, into an eastern mountain gorge inlet. Uh, these, this capsule city um, um, perks upon a, um, a natural flattened crystal rock foundation and is uh, tunneled into uh, the, the, the mountain, which the mountain, the name of the mountain is called the Mountain of Instinct. Now, um, when I received this revelation it was many many years prior to the movie that came out called the matrix in which these humans were living in this sort of a capsulized state uh, of fluid and um, uh, so years and years later after the revelation of the of the aura swoo uh, and it was shared with, uh, you know, different people in our group, uh, which were part of the, um, uh, of the ministry group that we were teaching to be manifest ministers. Um, and they heard this movie, uh, Matrix. They were just astounded because they felt like it was almost some of the information of the uh, Arturgian revelation released. But, you know, it's, there's quite a difference in the, in the story of Matrix and the story of the Swu. The purpose of the Swu is ab absolutely opposite. Uh, it's not to put people into control and, and capture them into a place of fluid and give them delightful things in their mind uh, while 
there's a, a a group of people who put themselves in an, in, a, in an exotic position uh, to be uh, the alive rulers. Uh, it's just the opposite from that. The Su is a place where people are put uh, while their spirit is um, is used uh, to, um, um, to 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 be sent out on a mission, uh, like say a mission to Earth, and. Um, uh, you have to know that there is a way when a person is put in a certain state that a spirit can be in more than one place at a time. And um, uh, that is very, very interesting, and, and there's quite a story on that. Um, so uh, as um, those that are, that are in the swu uh, and, and in what is called the sleep, uh, Jesus really understood this thing. He would oftentimes say, this person is not dead, they're in a sleep. He knew they were in a state of almost like a, a swoo consciousness. Now, uh, when we we get into this thing about, uh, you know, uh, consciousness, uh, that is such an interesting subject. Um, we might say that um, there are scriptures that give us ideas about consciousness, uh, but the first consciousness is the awareness or perception of perceiving uh, the of the human senses. The second consciousness is uh, the awareness of perceiving one's own spiritual or spirit senses. First Corinthians twelve thirteen, and uh, Isaiah sixty four has some interesting things about that first consciousness I mentioned, plus Luke six thirty nine and Genesis twenty eight sixteen. Uh, and then um, we can, you know, give all kinds of interesting things about the third consciousness, which occurs beyond the upper and lower limits of the first and second consciousness, consciousness uh, levels. First uh, Corinthians two uh, six uh, talks about uh, wisdom that is outside and before the world, and uh, uh, and you also find uh, Numbers twenty two thirty four. Um, you know, knew not the angel um, uh, and uh, that that stood in the way. Uh, these these special positions, these special places that humans do not have the cognizance to be aware of, uh, because they are not into that conscious mode. Um, uh, you know, uh, but then there are those that do enter into that consciousness, like Ezekiel in, in, in uh, Ezekiel 10, 20, I knew that they were cherubims. And um, then we have John 1, 31, I knew him not, but that he should be manifest to Israel. And so there we have only a partial uh, entering into that third knowledge. Uh, we, we have 1 Corinthians 1, 20, uh, where we get into this, uh, you know, these these uh, various aspects of 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 the state of and level of the consciousness, um, you know, um, when Jesus said in John fourteen four, four, he talked about the people knew certain things, but they did not have the consciousness of it. So whether I go, you know, and the way, you know, and yet immediately uh, there were those that that said, we don't know. We, I don't know what you're talking about. And that was because 
it had not come into their consciousness. And this is the third level of consciousness. But that third level of consciousness is embedded. It is there. And so it does have potential for it to come forth and, uh, and to eventually be revealed. Uh, interesting scriptures like Isaiah 45, 3, uh, uh, you know, and uh, other scriptures that, that, that offer you to know the mysteries of heaven. Uh, it's uh, all very, very interesting and exciting. That, that is beyond question and for sure. So God is, uh, God is uh, preparing us then in the, the mind uh, to, uh, to develop all these different levels of, 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 uh, of consciousness uh, the uh, sensorium, the senses, the the, the cognizance uh, as awareness, the mind as intellect, uh, the soul, the spirit, the memory, uh, the register of right or wrong, the seat of thoughts, the identity to it, and the 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 point of uh, at what stage you are awakened, and and to which uh, consciousness you are awakened into, and and how that that is all important for helping you uh, reach uh, from self consciousness into subconsciousness, and then back out and above both of those uh, in, into this new kind of cosmic uh, uh, cognizance that that uh, sensitizes you with this third level of of awareness. And uh, so these things are all available uh, with an identity on a time scale. Um, you can overcome any time scale, but there is the state of mind time scale, the state of appearance time scale, and the state of alignment time scale. And these all incorporate all kinds of varying important things. So uh, we just got to really, really, really keep moving here. But... Uh, God is um, calling the deep unto the deep, Psalms 42, 7. Uh, every scripture is being interpreted by the same spirit uh, that, that, that gave it uh, so that there is an axis of vision and, uh, and it does not search for the extraneous things that have no particular application, uh, but it, it uh, searches out the deep things that are involved in the new eyes and, and the gleams of a better light uh, seeing through the thick darkness and having an instantaneous in-streaming uh, of, of the power to, to know and to discover those things that you need to know. And so uh, uh, the finding of that which exists uh, conditionally uh, you know, uh, and, and has uh, a, a grounding uh, that that uh, is unconditional and absolute uh, and and is tied into a beauty of holiness and truth uh, that allows you to go beyond yourself, beyond the things that you know but you don't have the consciousness of. Praise God. So that every feeble human being or any feeble human being with just a small change of their nature and just a small uh, opening of those solid blocks of matter uh, uh, so that they can be um, uh, skimmed away of, of their film and uh, you suddenly uh, are able to, to uh, become aware of things you've never been aware of uh, in your memory and uh, of the present body. And even the universe, the universes, 
um, uh, past and, and present and those to be future become transparent in this higher law that shines through that revelation. So God gives you that knowledge uh, not to be just knowledgeable, but to rise to the highest destiny. This knowledge uh, makes possible the ability to diminish friction and, and, and contrast within your own thinking, the, the war uh, of confusion within your own mind. And it gives you skill to perceive forms of God in outline, color, motion, and grouping. It gives you uh, uh, the ability to understand that every natural fact uh, uh, is a symbol of some spiritual fact. And uh, it, it endues you with the power to connect uh, uh, one's thoughts uh, rather than uh, an inflaming by passions. And it clothes you in the images uh, of the things that are true. And when that happens, it, it causes the things that have been uh, clothed in you that are false uh, to, to dissipate away. And, and, and you begin to come into these wonderful realities. So this power to make destruction uh, vanish uh, and and this power to enter into a new distinction of being able to discern the difference between good and evil uh, and uh, being able to conduct the spirit of man uh, back to his o origin and uh, to draw man uh, from mankind's veins the black drops of genetic poisons and, and to pull them out by, by the uh, uh, latticing of latolution and, and to purify them is the power, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of, of sharpening, the, sharpening the tools of this knowledge of which I speak and, and receiving a new aim and a, and a complete uh, new, uh, as the Bible described it in uh, Isaiah, behold, I make a new, ma a new machine having teeth. And it will grind down the mountains. This this apparatus of of uh, new insight and new aim uh, it comes from a new center of thought, from which you can create uh, functions and generate forces of goodness. Uh, the power is a power that that uh, allows you to circumvent uh, the darkness and reorganize the negative circumstances. It gives you locomotive so that you can track on and on and on. It allows you to see the shades of the picture. No picture of life can have any veracity that does not emit the odious facts uh, of the uh, human and earthly elements uh, that run all through nature. Uh, so we've got to uh, address our, ourselves uh, by this uh, living reality and uh, put them into this special effect so that we can expand uh, the dimension of our life, remove the walls. Uh, we can take this small house and turn it into a, a temple and no longer be a prisoner. Um, we can um, 
we can come to realize events of life uh, and and read their prints as to what all of the potentials uh, for those forms uh, are and how that sometimes we throw those those uh, prints away when they're the perfect thing we need to to fit the puzzle so this this is the time this is the time to to be ready to move out in God, uh, to open your mind to this revelation, to allow the advent, uh, you know, of these heavenly things uh, about the universe to to live in you and begin to to abide in you, uh, so that uh, you can make deductions that that bring you into operations of the power of the Holy Spirit, and and, and the Holy Spirit brings you before uh, the the many wells. Of, of the presence of God. So it is a vital essence. It is a pure soul life. It is a, a, a you know, bouquet of reflections uh, signed by pictorials that tell us insights, show us sequences, open up forms that reflect this vital, instant, vital essence of which I've spoken. And, and it gives us life uh, that has signature vibrations of the Lamb of God on it. And, and it is a perpetual process once we get into it. And it gives us the power of conductivity so that we can, we can take care of these negative syntones that vibrate about us and, and, and be ushered into the resonance uh, of, of, the, of the glory of God's kingdom that is here and ready to be known. Okay, back to our talking about uh, the Artura place. So in this, we got off on this consciousness thing because um, of this swoo that we talked about and, uh, and how that people go into these, into these swoos uh, on Artura, the Father's house, and uh, they go out on, on missions. Uh, and then meanwhile, their, their body is held uh, in that swoo. When they are um, born on earth, they're born into the body and the genetics of, of, of a family. And uh, then uh, it may take years and years and years before memory or, or sparks of the memory begin to come into some of those people and they begin to remember uh, wh who they are, where they're from, and why they are there and their mission. There are some times that these transfers are failures that the people due to circumstances that arise with the families that they have uh, gone into through their genetics uh, create such disruption that uh, they never really get uh, uh, enough displacement from that to really come into the cognizance of why they are there. And some of these people will be waiting for, for miracle words like what I am ministering here today to hear this and then really examine their self to see whether they are really in the destiny uh, that God has chosen them for and into the whole story of their life uh, which is a summation of something so colossal so beautiful so holy of the beauty of righteousness that if they were ever to touch it they would never ever look back ever 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 oh praise the name of God so <clears throat> this is just a little glimpse into this thing of the of the aura swoo, uh, which is a, a majestic, huge things. Uh, there are many attendants 
that are there uh, taking, uh, you know, uh, active place and care of all those in the slough. Now, um, as to the clothing on Artura, the people basically wear uh, the same kind of clothing. Uh, there are distinct differences in color tone and some fashioning of it, but basically all the clothing uh, is many overlappings, overlappings of just one lap after another, all the way down the arm, down the legs, down the torso. It's all overlap. Uh, some are longer laps, some are shorter laps, which all give small variance uh, in the kind of differentiation of the Artesian suits. Uh, some are more like pants, some are more like dresses, some are more like something in between, uh, wh where each, um, <coughs> the part coming down the body looks like it's one piece, but it's actually two pieces. So when you spread your legs apart, uh, you can actually see that it's actually two pieces, two different pieces. But when you're walking close together, it looks like one piece with many different overlaps. The material is uh, totally scientifically made. Uh, it reminds you somewhat of a really good size uh, fish scales uh, on all of the different overlaps of the body. It's quite beautiful. Basically, the idea is that um, the clothing has a 24-hour temperature setting, and you can uh, set the temperature. All right. Now, a little bit more here to read. But um, <coughs> just stop there just for a minute here. Get a little better uh, focus here. So there's this 24-hour uh, temperature setting. And you can set the temperature for what, whatever you want, uh, and uh, it, uh, it, it, without any further adjusting, it will uh, uh, acclimatize uh, the person. Uh, wherever you're at, uh, uh, you'll be totally acclimatized uh, ac uh, when I'm talking about uh, acclimatized, and uh, that the, uh, with the clothing you're wearing. Um, it's not heavy clothing, uh, it's light clothing but it has, it has the uh, total ability to radiate or cool. There are other kinds of clothing that people wear uh, in their attire at, the, at their homes, which is uh, different from that. Uh, also, when they go to dances, a formal type of, uh, informal type of meetings, uh, there are uh, some very unusual uh, and different kinds, certain kinds of honorary or costuming that people have uh, and all other kinds of ways of, of dressing. Now, we're talking about the Father's House, Artura. And um, uh, so uh, we're talking about now, um, for instance, um, well, I'll name a couple people here and they're meeting in what is called a, uh, the People's Center. But on Earth, uh, you know, they're called a mall, M-A-L-L. But on Artur, they're called the People's Center. Uh, and, and this uh, story goes back in time uh, to a person by the name of Boamni. Uh, Boamni is B-O-A-M-N-I, Boamni. And uh, he meets uh, in the uh, People's Center uh, a lady called Sprinkleway, S-P-R-I-N-G-K-L-E-W-E-Y. And she is um, into a livelihood and into a knowledge 
of, uh, of about stones and being able to read back uh, into a history by the feeling of the vibration of the stones. And uh, she, she was doing an, uh, an exhibition uh, at this time in the People's Center. And Boamini was given a uh, particular stone found by Sprinkleway. And then she held it as um, it was uh, as it uh, was cupped in his hand, and she began to make prophecies. One of the foretellings was quite beautiful. It was about her saying to Boamni that she saw houses arising in his mind, and houses each had their own distinct characteristic, and some of them were full of love, others were full of visions that had eyes that could see in yonder space and times into the future and into the presence. And she began to share with him all these um, uh, things that she was seeing and uh, the house, the houses that were rising in his mind. Well, with his ability to have deep historical knowledge, he knew right away that uh, this word somehow was a prophecy about becoming a telesthesian prophet. He knew that a person usually dies before becoming a telesthesian prophet. And he was really wondering, because uh, this message was a prophecy to him, and did it mean that something was going to happen to him, he would die, and then he would be regenerated and come back uh, as a telesthesian prophet. Um, the aspect uh, that I can just shortly explain in brevity here is that the act of a person being revitalized, uh, and this is like if he died, uh, then uh, sometimes they could revitalize these people. There's a certain percentage of success on that. And um, uh, when a person is re revitalized, their blood vessels are extensively dilated and the blood pressure is increased because the heart rhythm is artificially operated at a higher velocity than the heart normally would be functioning. This creates more pressure in the body uh, with the blood that is normal in the body. Um, uh, not only does it dilate the veins and the blood channels in the body uh, and torso, but it also uh, it dilates the brain, the brain vessels, and etc. And it does so to the extent that some of the membraneous substances that are sometimes uh, never uh, uh, that, are, that which are never coming to fruition uh, is broken through. Because of the increased pressure uh, in the dilated veins, and then the when these uh, channels are opened up in the brain that had not been opened before, that person is suddenly, uh, when uh, brought back to life, able to reason, to think, and to see, uh, as he's never been able to, or she has never been able to before, and thus is the uh, descriptive title then given to that person of a telesthesian prophet. Uh, that is all extremely. A very, very. Uh, now, you have to remember these are just little excerpts that are coming out of a book, and so I'm just. Uh, uh, this was uh, February 10th, 2005, on a Thursday. Um, at this time, 42,220 Ziths spacecraft are on their way toward planet Earth. This is a fleet coming from Arturia. TTTT uh, -t 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 is among the, uh, this group of Arturians. They are attempting to hitch a ride with the cherubim on one of their planet domes. Uh, there um, must be a very good reason for the cherubims to consent for the Arturians to do this. Uh, all of these exists would fit into uh, one planet dome. Uh, 
the cherubim and the seraphim travel in planetomes, and it's much higher technology than, it's what, than what is known by the Artursians. The planetomes go through space like a spinning ball, advancing faster than the speed of light, reaching 100 times the speed of light, becoming a streak of hue, traveling through space until reaching the designation designated area, and then it goes through a reticulation and reforms uh, to its state before its high-speed entry. Uh, this is called photo translation. Uh, February 11th, uh, 2005, another uh, diary entry, Boavni experience. Uh, I was uh, s uh, sleeping on the couch in between writing and, uh, and uh, uh, heard a loud reverberating. I opened uh, my eyes and I could still hear the knocking. It was Boavni. Boamni using some kind of holographic method to contact me. He then said, I need to talk with you soon. I need to talk with you soon. I have some very heavy things to discuss with you. The transmission ended. Uh, <clears throat> uh, people are, uh, are assigned, um, uh, you know, um, crescents. Uh, and uh, these crescents um, are earned by people who fulfill the ministry of being in a swoo and, and their, their ministry that uh, correlates to that. Uh, and uh, they earn a, a nobleship by uh, those contributions to society and those specialized deeds. Um, although, destiny, although destiny can be tailored, uh, there are natural born names and destiny names that are often given. Uh, there are places called Kitigit uh, centers, and this is uh, they have places, um, special places that are government uh, run or by the synod uh, that um, that use um, a place for the children. Um, when a mother, for instance, has to um, work a very uh, highly technical job and she can't be with their children, uh, they have what they call mammim, mammims. Uh, uh, so these uh, mammons, uh, M-A-N, no, sorry, M-A-M-A-N-S, mammons, um, they can be designed to to look like, act like, talk like uh, the mother, so the mammons are put at this uh, at this special uh, Kennedy Center uh, with their children, and uh, and this can all there are also mammons for for the father, and uh, they they look like the father or the mother, they talk like the father or the mother, uh, they are um, uh, in, incredulous. They are, they, they are incredulous. Uh, if you ever see one, you will be shocked, uh, to, you know, because they are the, the ultimate of any android that could ever be made. And uh, so there's, there's quite the, the story there. Okay. Um, all right, this is another time. This is a note. Um, uh, this is, uh, happened in August. We're driving on our way back to Dawson Creek approximately 35 uh, kilometers this side, the Edmonton side of uh, 
Grandy, uh, Grand Prairie. And while I was sitting here in the passenger seat, um, I had a flashback of a city called uh, Palcida, Palcida, I'm sorry, Palcida. Uh, and this city, Palcida, uh, is in what we call Artura. It's an incredibly beautiful city. Uh, the buildings are in the Civic Center area and are made architecturally and extremely, incredibly different. Uh, they either architecturally render various kinds of fish, uh, various kinds of birds, uh, fruits. The buildings, um, you know, uh, they're, they're done with masterful design, and you have absolutely no doubt as to what the r rendering is depicting. And they're just absolutely beautiful. They're not made with those designs to be room efficient. They're made to absolutely be architecturally beautiful. Uh, their colors are just awesome uh, with the various lights uh, that that are there for all the different shading effects and, and so forth. There's nothing on earth that I've ever seen that even comes close to how those look. As to the burial of the dead, uh, there are what's called... Um, uh, uh, topos. Uh, topos are uh, a kind of teraphim, but I wouldn't want to get you mixed up with that word because teraphim used to be a good thing. It represented, uh, you know, a, a, like a carving of an elder <coughs> that had the picture and put on the end of a rod. But then people began to worship it, and so the teraphim on earth was, was lost. Uh, you know, but um, uh, this still exists in, in the tadpoles figurine, uh, and they're put into uh, bracelets, necklaces, necklaces, uh, necklaces um, uh, into uh, all kinds of uh, things that a person would wear, um, and uh, it it allows um, it allows um, the um, the remains of a, when a person does die uh, uh, to to be put into these uh, tapples and to be worn of a, me a memory of those people because remember they would have been maybe around for 800 to 1,000 or who knows, uh, maybe 2,000 years. So um, uh, it's, it's all very, very, very uh, interesting. Um, they, can, uh, they can check... Um, the the sperm and eggs of of, of humans uh, for uh, uh, the by using these boutons um, and uh, they result in creating bracts which uh, uh, describe the destiny love of of those babies uh, what what uh, rank what what uh, destiny that they are called into and. Uh, and uh, this is another word uh, that um, is used, uh, you know, is, is um, uh, r rings. Uh, the rings that people wear uh, can do everything. It, it's their total communication. Uh, they can just give a simple little signal by speaking, uh, and a hologram will appear. That can become your television, uh, or it can become your computer, uh and uh, so so uh, both things are extremely extremely interesting um oh there's just so much i can't cover all this cuz i got so much 
on to go. Um, let's see uh, what we want to read here next. Um, um, now, um, there are there are uh, things called mantles. They're like a crest, and uh, they include a person's culture. Uh, and in in the uh, the culture of a person is included a territory, uh, which is that person's um, uh, property and ownership of that property, and uh, and also the story of past culture and 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 uh, past owned uh, territory. Uh, and it establishes the lineage in a very involved and beautiful way. Um, there's also, uh, it's not called this, but for the sake of being able to follow me, um, you know, how that people can be interconnected with atomic entanglement. Uh, there is a, definitely a sympathetic uh, connection that is expressed between certain people who go on missions and uh, who who are destined to 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 do you know certain works and and all those kind of things, so it's uh, it it is ex extremely uh, fascinating and interesting. Uh, the dynamics, if I was to try to get into the yeah, the vibrations of all that, uh, I tell you we would we would not be able to go even begin to get this message out. But um, um, uh, I would tell you that Artura. Is a beautiful place, and and uh, and there is a a culture there, and there there is it's a beautiful way of living there, uh, and uh, it really doesn't compare to anything on this earth. It uh, is is just you know just one one of the thing. These people have been called by people on the earth the wonderful race, and there's even scriptures. That would relate to that. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I would like to, to wish that I had more time to really get into more of this Artesian stuff. Uh, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, how that Artesia, uh, the Father's house, was was part of the um, of, of the assignment. Uh, that was given to the Ophanim angels, uh, like you had in in uh, Job thirty-eight, the three different uh, areas that it mentions: the Pleiades, uh, the Orion, and the and Artura, or the called Arturas. And um, when we we put this whole connection together, it becomes quite amazing uh, because. Uh, originally, the Ophanim were assigned to Artura, so everybody, as as a um, uh, an Ophanim in their past life, they at one time spent time on Artura as an Ophanim angel. So when Jesus says, uh, "The place you know, you know the way you know," uh, he's remembering these people and looking at them as it describes it in some of the scriptures how that Christ when he looks at uh, his 
the people. A lot of times he doesn't see them in their sins. He sees them uh, as the open angels before they fell. And he's saying, you know the way, you know where this is, because it's in their open consciousness. And uh, so when uh, the open uh, were charged with their their sins and guilt and had to leave Artura and 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 partly because they also chose at one time uh, as the Bible describes it in the New Testament um, uh, it says that the angels left uh, you know their first estate well this was their first estate that's where they were sent was Artura and they left it to follow some instructions from Satan who was trying to move them to Drago which he said would have a better um, uh, connection uh, with with those uh, angels that were spiriting creation on earth and and of course that was the beginning of of the terrible consequences of the fall uh, because they left their first estate. They they willingly left their first estate, uh, which is this Arturian. So when the when the Enochs were brought to Arturia, uh they were brought to the to the first estate. Uh, this this was uh, the place that that you know regularly existed uh, for the purpose of of having a base for creation for the Ophanims. Now, when the Ophanims left uh, Arturia, uh, they had to leave their ziths, all of their paperwork uh, that had all the technical manuals and technical understanding and, 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 and these special kind of rings uh, uh, that there, there was, there was uh, ten uh, rings. And, uh, and all of that was left and they were... Um, they were put in this uh, mountain of rock, and and the mountain of rock w- was molded in such a way uh, by, you know, some of the cherubims, that the idea of anybody ever finding that uh, without knowing uh, precisely and having a map w- was thought to be impossible. But in the course of time, Kawal, this person I mentioned, uh, him and his friend, uh, that he was, uh, in, you know. Um, had sympathetic vibration with, uh, uh, you know, T, 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 T. Uh, they, they believed that they could find uh, where these uh, uh, Ophanim ziths um, uh, and, and all that technical information was, and they felt if that could be found, it would advance the whole cause. Now, um, they did not get permission from the Sen- Senad, uh, uh, but they were nobles and, and, and they were powerful in their own right. Uh, but one day, um, uh, you know, Kawa had this leading and he went out and he went up to this rock mountain and he just felt that, there, that that's where they were, even though it just didn't look possible that there was any opening. He backed up his his, uh, uh, he didn't have, a, it wasn't a Sith, but it was a pretty powerful uh, home type of, uh, of a transportation uh, a vehicle. And he backfired it, sent all this energy into the rock and uh, with great uh, energy and heat, and it opened the hole uh, in, into the mountain there. And when he went in, he discovered 
the Ten Rings, which are called the Ten Rings of Kwa, and he discovered these ziths that had been dismantled and all the paperwork with the schematics and the engineering designs and plans. And that is what enabled the uh, Artursians to get way, way, way advanced and way ahead of, of what their normal progress would have been if they wouldn't have had those discoveries uh, uh, of what was left there by the, by the Ophidims. Okay, I think that's all I'm going to have time to talk about Artura because we need to talk about some scriptures to verify a lot of these things. Uh, number one, the Father's house is a physical place. Uh, John 14, uh, read those scriptures there. Uh, Revelations 21, 2, a new Jerusalem is going to come down from heaven. Uh, it obviously is made in this heaven, which which is Artura. And, uh, and uh, so... Uh, it's coming down. It's, it's no doubt a planetome, and it's going to come down onto the earth and serve as a city of God and a and a a place of uh, of, of of you know worship uh, called the New Jerusalem. Uh, that uh, <coughs> goes along with Revelations eleven nineteen, that tells us not only is the city coming down, but but that in heaven. Not coming down, but in heaven, the Ark of the Covenant that Moses was involved making is in Artura. That's where it's at. It's in, it's in heaven, which is Artura. So now we have physical things that are being described, a physical Jerusalem coming down, uh, a, a physical Ark in a physical place. Wouldn't be in the heaven of heavens because there's nothing physical that can inherit that place. And uh, and so it is clearly, by the scripture, you know, a physical place. Now, let's look at this thing with, uh, with Enoch, because uh, uh, this is so absolutely important. Um, you know, um, uh, when we start getting into this thing with Enoch, um, you know, and there's so many uh, beautiful uh, scriptures, but, uh, uh, you know... Um, we really need to understand because if we don't if we don't get this if we don't really get this then we really miss out but when you look at at the scripture that talks about in uh, genesis and in hebrew about enoch being translated uh when you look at that word translated uh strong's uh, uh greek concordance 3346 it means uh, to be transferred, to be transported, to be removed. And so we have something so important there, so absolutely important. Um, we, we have this thing of, of Enoch uh, being transported. And this transportation removing him uh, from that location that he is at. And that's, that's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. You find that right in the deep word. The last use of, of the uh, dictionary uh, suggestions uh, is the word translated. Uh, that can have a, a correlation, too, because in Colossians uh, 1.13, <coughs> it talks about God's people. It's a little different uh, um, uh, number of the Greek uh, uh, trans uh, dictionary, but it, it still has the same idea and a lot of the same wording. It talks about people being translated into Jesus Christ, <coughs> so that um, when we go to you know like those people that 
they're here on earth and they're not ready to go into this revelation uh, bodily wise. Uh, that there is a place in Christ you can be translated into Christ because, uh, you know, Jesus in you and you in Jesus allows you to be where Jesus is and Jesus to be where you are. So uh, that scripture is very, very powerful and definitely goes along with it, you know. Now, some people try to say that, um, you know, that uh, uh, these kind of translations... Um, were just of the nature, like with Elijah and like with Enoch and Methuselah, that that they just they were they were taken up and they were moved out of the trouble that was going on in the local area and just moved to another place on Earth. And of course, that whole idea is just absolutely ridiculous uh, uh, and, and doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, that's just someone trying to know the Bible that really doesn't know the Bible, thinks that he really knows it, but doesn't really know it. And, and uh, you know, and, and uh, that is not what the meaning is. And if I had the time to expound this in a dialogue of, of, of Scripture and compound it, uh, then it, it would be without a question of a shadow of a doubt. But I, I, I don't I have that kind of time. So this idea of, of uh, you know, these, the, you know, you might as well say then that the rapture is the same thing, you know, that when the rapture takes place, that all he's going to do is just take you up and then move you to another place like uh, on earth, like what he did with Elijah, like what he did with Enoch, like what he uh, supposedly did with uh, Methuselah. Just move, and so forget about going to heaven like it says, but just you're going to get moved to another place on earth. That is insidiously wrong, absolutely corruptibly wrong. Uh, don't ever buy into that. Uh, the, the, the same kind of teachings those pe people use the uh, the teaching in Revelations that is about uh, faith, and where it talks about um, you know all of these persons died. What you have to understand is there are 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 different kinds of death, and we know that just if we want to get into the simple context of it, there's there's the first death and there's a second death. And and um, and then if you you want to take it even beyond that, we know there's the sleep, uh, which is which is a state of death, but not a not a death. And then we also know that there is the kind of death in which, like as you overcome things, you are dead to sin. And the Bible, te Jesus taught that about being dead to sin. Well, when people. Uh, were brought into the revelation like like Enoch and like his son Methuselah and were showing this thing about the the this heaven called Artura the father's house uh and were showing that there was going to be a destruction coming and and they were translated away so that they would not uh experience a physical death a physical death but what the death that like, for instance, Melchizedek, uh, not Melchizedek, but Methuselah experienced, was he became dead to earth, just like the descriptions that that is all through the teaching of Jesus and Paul, that, that you know, you become dead uh, to sin, you become dead to certain things. They became dead to the whole plot, to the whole plan of belonging to the earth uh, uh, concept and, and that plan, they were being called to another plan, and and that is so beautiful. So when you see this thing about about um, 
uh, Enoch being taken away, it says he is transferred, uh, he is transported. Uh, wow, what, what more clear language do we have to understand? Because transferred, you know, it's like from one bus to another bus, but let's say from one planet to another planet. It puts it in that from a, from a likeness to another kind of likeness that has some similarities. And although the destination has a difference. So, so when you understand this, that is so important because there are definitely different temporary destinations uh, of points of destiny uh, that lead you in different directions at certain times of your life that you will not uh, be going in that direction maybe at a later time. Uh, and, and, but they're all part of the plan of God. Okay, so now when we looked at this thing about, about you know, heaven, because that's, that's what we have to do, and we realize, you know, there's these different kinds of heaven, and, and um, you know, like Isaiah 55, 10, Genesis 1, 20, 2 Kings 2, 11, uh, um, and you, you look at some of these things, and you see where, where we're talking sky, and, and, and atmosphere, there's no question about that. And, uh, and then we've got the, the heaven of heavens, which is uh, Ephesians 4, 9 through 10. Uh, and so you've got, you've got the heavens which are space, and you've got the heavens which are just like the atmosphere of a planet. Now, if we, move, if we go real fast here to Genesis, let's get into the first chapter. We have to really move because I'm running out of time, and I, I just want to finish this. I really do. And, uh, and so, so it says here, um, verse 8, uh, and God called the firmament heaven. Now, the firmament, we know, is the sky, is the atmosphere. He called it heaven. So we have proof in the very first chapter of the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the first verses of the Bible. That, that a firmament, uh, which means it's going to be a livable planet, it's going to have oxygen, <clears throat> it's going to have an atmosphere that there can be life, whatever that is, uh, uh, the element of, and, um, uh, and, and it's going to have a protective uh, atmosphere that can pr protect, uh, uh, you know, instruments uh, like asteroids, uh, <coughs> small asteroids and small various kinds of, of space uh, uh, debris coming into the planet and the the you know that atmosphere will help burn and dissolve a lot of that uh, uh, space debris that would be coming in and so that makes it a livable planet because it's got a an atmosphere and so that's why it's called a heaven because because that connects you know to to uh as did this verse here in, in, in verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And, uh, and God said, let the waters uh, 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 under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And then in verse 10, and God called the dry land earth. And it was so. So a lot of times when we're talking about earth, it's really meaning like dry land. And and uh, we have to just understand that. I preached on this a couple, two or three times, but in this connection, I, I have to go on with it. Now, while we're in Genesis, uh, let's uh, let's get over here um, 
because we're going to we're going to read a little bit uh, uh, some very important things uh, that have to do with Enoch and and uh, his son in the fifth chapter and in the twenty first verse. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. He's sixty five years old. There's been nothing said about him as far as any exploits that he has done until he has this son, this son called Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after, after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Now, Enoch was affected by this destiny child that he that he gave uh, uh, became the father of. He had a destiny child, and and the presence of that destiny child and the destiny of that destiny child so connected to this future thing that that from that time he began to walk with God. There's three hundred years walking with God, and then he had other children. And, and and sons and daughters. Now here, this is the testimony. We've got to get this right. Okay? Now, uh, we go on. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. Enoch walked with God. He was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived 180 and seven years and begat Lamech. Now, Lamech is the father of Noah. And Methuselah lived after he begot Lamech 780 in two years and begat sons and daughters. So now we have both Enoch having sons and daughters and we have uh, Methuselah having sons and daughters. These are all Enoch's. These are all children of, I mean, this is really close, Father and son, offspring, sons and daughters. These are our real close family, sons and daughters of a man who walked with God and a son who was so destined that it affected him to begin to walking with God. And all these things begin, begin to, to, to come together. This all happened. And, and he lived... You know, 969 years. Now, if you take the time to really check this out, we find out that the same year of the flood is the same time that Methuselah is said to have lived to. <coughs> so, when we, we start to put everything together that, that goes together, we start coming up with incredible revelation. When we look up the word Methuselah, and we get into all the root, and uh, and especially if, if uh, we get into the root, um, if we get into the root part uh, uh, out of um, uh, forty nine sixty eight, okay. Now in in, in forty nine sixty eight, and we look up that, and I I'm trying to remember now. I think that that's in the Hebrew, and um, Strong's Dictionary. And you look up the word, uh, you know that that uh, that that you you have to follow through to to make all the connections with. Uh, uh, it 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 means um, 
to thinned away like a rapture. Now, you can, t- you can go deeper into it, and you can go into the term called shalak, which is uh, 7971, Hebrew Strong's Concordance Dictionary. It means to send away. So this whole thing about the word and the meaning of Selah is a confirmation of the ministry of Enoch and he was not for God took him that he should not see death as it describes it in the New Testament. But the whole purpose for both of them was that they were to be transferred. They were to be transported. They were to be sent away. And so he is further called, uh, the first one I gave you is Shalak, S-H-A-L-A-C-H, 79-71, to send away. But if you go to Shalak, 79-73, it means like a missile or a man of a, spe- of a dart. And, and when you think of, of, of this, this dart and this spear representing uh, a space vehicle going through space, I mean, it's a perfect example. It just is a perfect example. And he's a man of of the of a dart. He's a man of a spacecraft. He, he he and his father often made trips. There's no doubt about it. They often made trips with the angels. Uh, you know, they walked with God. Uh, they had a destiny. And and then one day uh, uh, he was to be called. Um, he was to be called uh, Earth Dead because he was going to leave because the flood was coming. Now, right at that same time that that was happening, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 24. And he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we find that as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be like the coming of the days of the Son of Man when there's going to be a rapture. And so what does this rapture mean? It means people being carried away, not to another spot on earth, but carried away, you know, to a place of of heavenly origin. Now you begin to see this picture. Jesus knew it. Jesus spoke it. Jesus preached it. As it was in the days as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And the days of Noah, the very year that, that of the flood. <laughs> Methuselah becomes earth dead and ascends into the heavens with his father. And they go to the planet Artura, which is the father's house, and they begin to... And, and why would it not be them? Because that, that they're, you know, like Methuselah gives, gives birth gives creation to Lamech, which is the father of Noah. And so they are the connection. They are what is available in that good seed. And so they have to be the ones referred to in which Jesus says, as it was in the days, as it, as it's going, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There'll be some in the field, there'll be some here, some there, some will be taken, some will be left. And then the angels will meet them in the skies. Oh, wow. Same thing happened before. And this is the Enix being taken to the Father's house. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in the Father's house. Wow. I go to prepare a place for you, a physical place, that where I am, you may be also. The whole story is there. The whole story is there, ladies and gentlemen. It's absolutely sensational. Uh, I wanted to cover other things. I want to tell you that we're under star time. And it teaches that in Genesis 1.14. I want to show you these scriptures like Psalms 72.5, Psalms 89.37, Psalms 139.5-9. By God's mercy endures forever as long as the sun and the moon shall last. As long as the sun and moon shall last. That has to do with the covenant. It has to do with the mercy. It has to do with star time. Wow. Well, there's so much more. But I'm going to have to stop. Because we just played run out of time. People are getting healed with this Gentile, ladies and gentlemen. Just keep... Yesterday I had wonderful healing of a young man. It just keeps happening. Blessed be the name of God. I want to just pray for some of you out there right now before I dismiss. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to the thyroid, to the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic, sympathetic, sympathetic neural transmission system. Send messages through the neural network to the lymphatic gland and the immune system to begin to heal people who are who are dealing with life and death situations because their immune systems have gone backwards on them. Oh God, reach out to people right now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Reach out to them right now, oh God, and begin to heal them and make them whole. And let this word just go out and baptize people with thy Holy Spirit and heal them of their diseases. Heal them of their afflictions. Heal them of their diseases. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Goodbye.